Welcome to the Guitar Dads Podcast, a podcast for Guitar Dads by Guitar Dads. This week, Marshall breaks the blues. Live Nation and Ticketmaster expect you to simply trust them. And is it the right time to mention a Wong thing? We're hitting all the Wong notes this week on the Guitar Dads Podcast. Now, the one guy who's too old to stand on the floor at a show, and Dave. You're really going with the Wong jokes? Come uh, on, going man. Going with the Wong jokes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, Welcome hey, to the pod, baby. Hey, everybody. I'm Welcome Matt. Welcome to the pod. It's episode 102. We're diving in. 102, we are diving in. <laughs> welcome, welcome back, everybody. Well, Dave, it's been kind of like a whirlwind where it's we did- It's been an absolute whirlwind. Yep. We did episode 100, and we also had Honey Picks on, Rick and Andrew Calhoun from Honey Picks. And, Great interview. Go check that uh, yeah, out. Yeah, if you haven't checked that out, go check that out. It's just been like a whirlwind. So now I feel like we're kind of back to you know our roots here. Just Dave and I hanging out, talking- News, talking rock, all that stuff. So, what, oh, what yeah. do we got we today? Got a, but we got some big got announcements. Great episode we got some big today. announcements too. Right? Oh yeah, that's so right. Let's get we it. Do. Let's get into it, Dave. Shall we? Um, shall we mention? Yeah, if you are following us on Instagram uh, at Guitar Dads Podcast or in our private Facebook group at Guitar Dads Podcast, there, um, come join us. We let you in. No questions. No questions. Um, you will know that we now have a Patreon going on so and we do have some patrons that we do want to thank at the end of this episode and so if you do go to guitar dad if you go to patreon.com slash guitar dads podcast you can support the show if you choose and we definitely appreciate those who already are supporting us thank you guys and we would love to have any new supporters uh it's a there's a couple couple tiers in there um uh, a lower tier for just some basic support helps helps keep the show going cover our costs things like that you probably heard all this kind of stuff on other podcasts you listen to yeah you guys know the deal with it. you know the deal with patreon <laughs> and then there's a, another tier where we're going to give you some bonus content and our sympathies to you if you do choose that tier because you're going to get the bonus content <laughs> you're going to get more from, from you're going to get us. more from us yeah so what we're doing is a Sorry. $5 a month tier you will get access to an extra episode i mean i don't know if i want yep. to call it an episode but let's just say extra podcast content from the yeah because there'll be episodes there'll be other content that'll be coming and things like that if you're in that tier you're going to be uh having access to it but if you're not interested in that we appreciate it we uh why don't you hit us up at the uh three dollar tier and uh support the show um and if not we understand that too please but thank you for listening and we are we're, we're really enjoying uh hanging out with you guys on facebook we loved hanging out with some of you guys on the 100th episode live stream. Go check that out on the Facebook group because the whole thing is posted there. Matt did a great job really kind of watering down uh, the most important <laughs> pieces of that episode. And, and that was what was actually published. So when you listen, you're going to get a tiny taste of the whole thing. If you want to see the whole thing, go check out Facebook at Guitar Dad's Podcast and the whole thing is posted up there. It's also on YouTube. It is on YouTube. Yeah, it's also on YouTube. So find us on YouTube, Guitar Dad's Podcast on YouTube. And um, yeah, that was a great time. Shout out to the dudes that came on and hung out with us. That was awesome. Another shout out to uh, Philip from the 40 Watt Podcast. And yes. now recently of the Guitar Nerds Podcast. Yes. Um, sh shout out to him for coming and, and, and joining the 100th episode. And our close friends, well, now our close uh, friends that had joined Glenn and Ryan 
And um, who am I forgetting? Glenn, Ryan, and oh, yeah. John, got, John, John Burnett. John, Br- John Burnett, Burnett was on the episode. Yeah, we had too. a number of people joining. Yeah. You guys, you guys were uh, rocking it in the comments. Oh and, yeah, and a bunch yeah, we had a more time. in the comments, which we re- we we love that guys. So you know, we really can't thank you enough for taking part in that episode and just for listening to the podcast and supporting us in whatever yeah. way that in whatever way that means for you. But like we always say, go tell your friends, your your fellow guitar dads, guitar people, guitar friends. Please go tell them about the show, and and we love it. So thank you. And an, it really is an absolutely like heartfelt like thank you to you guys uh, from me and Matt because we really appreciate you guys listening each and every week. Um, without you guys, we wouldn't have a show. And uh, we're really we're, we're kind of just blown away that you like what we talk about. These two goons sitting here talking about this stuff and you, and you listen to us. <laughs> and yeah, I, mean, I love again, it. Again, our sympathies to you guys. But hey, that's right. If I you mean, like geez. it, if you dig it. Yeah, and uh, and we're gonna get into some content that was brought to you by some of the listeners out there tonight. So please chat it up in the group because we will be talking about content and topics that you guys want to hear about. So we don't. Yeah, anyway. we're not we're not joking when we say this is for guitar dads by guitar dads. We and by it. guitar dads isn't just us; it's all of you guys out there as well. Whether you're a dad or not, whether you're a parent or not. It's about you guys. So Yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking <laughs> let me throw this out there. If you're listening to this, I'm thinking of changing the intro because it really should be, you know, I'm not trying to get all political here because this has nothing to do with politics, but it should be more inclusionary to the guitar moms. We should be saying yeah, or, for yeah. for guitar dads, for guitar dads and moms by guitar dads, right? <laughs> so, so it's basically like for guitar people parents, by guitar yeah. dads. That's right. <laughs> Because you don't have I to just be, haven't found a catchy way to say it. So you don't have to be a parent to enjoy this no. episode. We have a lot of people that you aren't do. that are listeners, but um, we also have a lot that are as well. Like we feel like we bring that perspective to you. Um, yeah. here. So you so might hear a new intro next week. Maybe, and maybe not. We'll see. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe we just don't care. So anyway, <laughs> no, I care. I do. I'm, I'm damn just, it. I'm coming I'm just, up with a new I'm intro. I'm just kidding. Dave, Dave is feels strongly about this and we're going to do that. So, um, <laughs> here we go. Let's get into it, David. We're going to back right. to the dataverse. Here we go. Going into dataverse. One more thing before we oh, hit the oh, dataverse. Yes. Okay, we sorry, have sorry. a big announcement. We have a big announcement. We are going to do our first big giveaway it is a pedal giveaway, and that's all I'm going to tell you. If you follow us on Facebook, you will see an announcement coming very soon as to what you need to do to uh, become a part of this giveaway and uh, put yourself in the running to win what we're giving away. And also on Instagram, at Guitar Desk Podcast there, uh, all the rules and you know, the whole the, how the contest is going to work is all going to be posted by next week. Um, and it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. That's all I'm going to say. So look out for that. So go check it out. Um, if you, if you listen to the podcast and maybe don't uh, follow us on the socials, you know, this is your opportunity. Go check it out. You have a good reason to do so now. Yep. Yep. It's going to be a good one. Anyway, now into the dataverse. The dataverse. What do we got going on? Live nation. Oh, we, we've been talking about live nation. Ticketmaster saga. So. The ticket mat, the Live Nation, who is the promoter, Ticketmaster, the ticket seller saga. Yes. Continues. Um, apparently, uh, the Senate Judiciary Committee on Competition, Policy, Antitrust, and Consumer Rights. <laughs> this uh, is has, cool. Has heard this is cool. Yeah, has heard from uh, has heard from Live Nation, and they're not happy. They're not they're not buying what ticket ma- what uh, Live Nation is telling them, and basically they they kind of sum it up. I was reading a few articles on this, and um, I think there's going to be more testimony to be, or more at least more to be heard from this, because 
the way the way they're summing it up is, yeah, the, the, you're basically asking everybody to trust you guys, and they don't. So and and, and um, you know, and this is the antitrust committee, so it makes sense right. <laughs> that they're not going to trust them. So one example that was given, yeah, it's true. <laughs> one example that was given, um, and the artist was anonymously mentioned, um, was a thirty dollars ticket and a surcharge of twelve dollars charged by Live Nation. And only $12 went to the artist to cover tour costs and everything else. The, the artist, so, I, I forget the guy's name, but he, he this was going around the socials. This is not a secret who who, who testified. Was, was, that wasn't anonymous? I thought that was no, anonymous. No, no, no. Because I read two articles and it failed to mention the artist's name. I, I think they just probably didn't find it all that important. No, no. There's, there's a thing that's going around the internets. Ah. Uh, the interwebs, the interblabs. So you can learn something on the Guitar yeah. Dads podcast. Of, of an, I forget who who it is. It's it's not like a super super popular band, but it's like like kind of a you know a band Ooh. that's popular enough to play in Live Nation v- venues. So anyway, okay, it, it's worth going and checking out. See if you can track that down. Um, a, but right. anyway, yeah. So go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. So that no, that was that was what I was going to say. But uh, I I didn't know. Who, do you you don't know who the artist is? I, I, I can try to find it. But you go ahead and talk. Yeah. I'll try to find it. All right. So anyway, we've been Matt and I have been hitting on this for a long time, a number of episodes back. Um, and you know, the I think there's a misconception out there that these artists are coming in, and, and in some cases it's true. These artists are coming in and demanding massive fees for these shows, but oftentimes it's not true. And you know, they, you have to remember they have to cover the cost of the tour nowadays with streaming. They're not, and we've covered this ad nauseum. They're not getting a, a massive cut of of putting out their music. So the way they make their money is by touring. And some of these smaller bands make very little money touring, if not break even, if not go in the hole. Uh, and so you got to support them by buying their merch, by going to the shows, all that stuff. So if a, a, a an artist happens to be playing at I can't find a Live Nation venue, you can't find the artists. I can't find the artists, um, yeah. You know, the artist is is really not getting a big chunk of that that face value ticket price and let's face it who's paying face value these days because you can't even get tickets except on the secondary market so you know these artists aren't even seeing a a fraction of that price Uh, so anyway the bottom line is at the end of the day live nation Ticketmaster is continues to screw artists continues to screw you the fans and I hope all this comes to light in Congress. And this reminds me of way back in the day, the last time, uh, uh, you know, music really, uh, music really was uh, at the forefront uh, from a congressional standpoint was uh, was with Napster and Metallica in the in the Lars Ulrich uh, testimony, right? Yep. Back in what yeah, yeah, year was yeah, that? yeah. Was I mean, that two thousand. Well, that, well, that was yeah, yeah. That was like ninety nine, yeah, yeah. So yeah. okay, so the guy, the guy that testified in front of Congress on this one for the for the committee, his name is um, Clyde Lawrence, and he's in this band called. Let's see, um, is known for Lawrence the band. It's a soul pop duo with his okay. sister Gracie Lawrence. Um, they have over one million Spotify listeners. Um, so, you know, they're like kind of like up and coming, but, but popular yeah, enough yeah, to play yeah. at these venues. So, so yeah. he, I think it's his testimony that I've seen a video for. So anyway, it, it, in case you know who that band is and know who that guy is, if it's the testimony I'm thinking of, it was pretty brilliant. He did a great job. 
So, so the bottom. Yeah, I didn't so, read the testimony. So, so the bottom line here is that the two senators that share this, I forget their names. Let's not get all political on this. Yeah, it is bipartisan, though. It is bipartisan. One is a Republican, one's a Democrat. And they wrote to the attorney general, United States Attorney General, and they said, we are not satisfied with what Live Nation, Live Nation, it sounds like, essentially told the Senate Judiciary Committee to pound sand. And yep. and they said we're not satisfied with this. We are asking you, Attorney General of the United States, to investigate this as an antitrust case. So you and know we're going to see what happens. There's more to come on this. Um, I would not be surprised if the United States Attorney brings a suit against Ticketmaster Live Nation I w- in the next. Oh, like, you can all but year. guarantee that yeah. at this point. Be- yeah, because this is this is to me is a clear val- a, a clear yeah. violation of. But that's where this laws. is all headed. That's where this is headed. Yeah, so absolutely. So we'll see. It's great. I think it's great to see this ha- happening by uh, partisan um, action happening on this front. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I got to say. I, so. I think if the problem, though, if you don't fix the other issue here which is the secondary market and the fact that I mean, maybe that's going to come out in all this you know how, yeah, how is it that all of a that's sudden part of a the show goes yep, I yeah agree. right yeah show goes on sale and you know after all the pre-sales and everything you can't get tickets but suddenly you know i'll name some uh companies here in Bo- local companies here in boston ace ticket but but uh, the you, bigger ticket that you you guys all know here's it, the other stub thing. hub and but, vivid seats and all these guys right yeah. how are they getting these tickets way ahead of time Obviously, and here's the other thing. Here's the other thing, Dave. So let, this is great. This is I wanted to bring this up this week. You know, um, when I was away on vacation last week with my, my family, the the GNR shows went went on sale. Yes, and yep. the Fenway Park show went on sale. I was kind of out busy with the family, wasn't paying close attention, and I missed like the original when it went on sale, right? And then like I go on like two days later. And it on the Ticketmaster site, it says resale ticket. Everybody knows it. This has yep. been going on. Like, so wait, all this of a sudden, Ticketmaster is a reseller. Like, this has been going on for years, and it's like, what what is going on? Where Ticketmaster themselves are reselling tickets for way higher than yes. face value. And here's here's the scam that you're not that I, I think you're alluding to here is a lot of people. I believe, and you tell me if you agree. I think a lot of people are buying these tickets on the secondary market at at hugely marked up face value, right? A, 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 like like three, four, 500% more. Yeah. And then they're reselling the tickets on Ticketmaster to make even a bigger chunk of change. Maybe that's happening. I have no idea. There's all kinds of scoundrels that are happening out there and it's terrible and it needs to end. And so here's the bottom line on GNR. I'm not going to sit in the terrible seats in the stands at Fenway Park. I'm going to sit on the floor and there's nothing on the floor for what I saw less than, you know, three or 400 bucks. I really right. want to sit in the GA pit, which looks actually pretty big, not sit, but I want to stand there and I want to, and it was 600 bucks for a standing room yep. only you know, GA pit. But I mean, that's a way to experience that kind of show. That's a little bit too much for me, but I'm going to keep an eye on it. And maybe we're going to go, Dave, if it comes down a little bit. So I don't think it's going to come down. I really don't. I think it probably um, will like the mass- week of the show. You know. To Matt's point, the 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 problem with the venue at Fenway Park is that the if you once you get off the field, the sound drastically changes. Terrible. And we were there in September to see Aerosmith and, and experienced it firsthand. Um, it's it just it's just the way it is. Some venues are not like that, and so you can you know you can get more affordable tickets, but yeah. at the same time, 
a band like GNR, yeah, you really want to be up there and, and experiencing the whole thing close. So yeah, yeah, uh, mean, yeah. More yeah. to come on that. Yeah, I'll let you guys know what happens there. But anyway, so that's the whole Ticketmaster saga. You know, I hope I really hope that there's some action, there's some legal action taken against them. So we'll see. Well, yeah, we can I, only hope. Yeah. But anyway, For the betterment of all music fans and on all artists out there. Um, but anyway, we're moving on. Another yeah. another kind of a. Uh, uh, a downer crappy situation downer <laughs> to lead the news with here is uh, uh, a member of the Facebook group and uh, a, a loyal listener of ours uh, Glenn Lavender is uh, has pointed out that a band uh, by the name of Early James I'm not familiar with them neither was Matt but yeah I believe Matt's uh, He's like a, sing- out a little it's, bit it's not a band it's like a singer songwriter that has a singer songwriter his I'm name sorry. is Early yes. James yeah. and yep. he, he's I, I listen to a couple of songs it's like singer songwritery things it's not bad um, it's pretty good actually. And so the story is, is this dude was on tour in LA heading to LA and someone like stole their whole trailer full of gear. So there's entire thing, entire thing. So, so there's a go fund me out there for these guys. It's up on the Facebook group. If you guys want to go to our group and see it, if you just want to help out a band yeah. that, you know, these guys are not like a big massive band. They're, they're touring with a, a van and a trailer. Um, help them out guys. If you can get on that, go if you can see the GoFundMe yeah. link on our page or uh, just go check them out on GoFundMe. Uh, you could probably just search, I would assume, early James and maybe come up with something. Maybe come up with something. But like I said, there is a link. If you search, if you go to our Facebook group, there's a link up there that Glenn had uh, yep. put out. I mean, you hate to see this kind of thing. I mean, this is these guys' livelihood. You know, these guys are trying to make ends meet on the road, get their name out there. And you know they're not making a ton of money, you know, coming to the U.S. from Australia. I mean, imagine how much that tour is costing them. You know, you know, getting oh, visas, they're not they're not breaking the even. I'm sure they're do. losing money. Yeah, right. And it's like, and then somebody steals their stuff. Like this is un, this is horrible. But it it it, really it, hap- it happens, especially you know, it's it's happening out on that west coast more and more and more. There's more and more car th- thefts and smash and grabs going on. It's like a real terrible thing happening in this country right now. So anyway, yep. Anyway, it's sad. So, so go help them out if you can. Yeah, um, we would appreciate it. I'm sure they would too. Um, let's get out of the negative stuff. Let's go. Let's end the news and notes on a positive segment. Uh, Kiss have <laughs> announced their final date of their final tour. <laughs> oh, I mean, how many final tours has Kiss announced? I mean, really? I mean, well, this one's been going on since 18. So yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Geez. I mean, pandemic, pandemic aside, but it's you know enough is enough. And we, uh, truth be told, if you guys are loyal listeners, you know that Matt and I aren't aren't huge Kiss fans. We do appreciate their their body of work. Yeah, uh, but we're not massive yeah. fans, so we do like to kind of poke fun at them sometimes. But yeah, so they've announced their final date. It's going to be December second uh, at Madison Square Garden in New York City. Man, New York City. Yeah. And that's it. Do you think this is the end, though? I don't. No, of course in not. In typical Kiss fashion, this is no, not No, they'll keep be the playing end. the background tracks to cover Paul Stanley's vocals. That's right. And, I was uh, going to say, <laughs> if, you go to see, if you go to see this this final tour, it's the, they, they guarantee you that you're going to hear all your favorite tracks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They're going to be playing. They're going to be running the tracks. That's for sure. They're definitely going to be doing that. Yep. But, you know, look, whatever you want to say about Kiss, they were a very influential kind of amazing band back in the late, what is it, late 70s, mid to late, late 70s? Late 70s, mid to late 70s. Mid to late yeah. 70s. I mean, they were literally on top of the world. So, you know, props to them. And I to tell you the truth, you listen to that Kiss Alive um, album, Dave, like just turn it on sometimes. It's it's awesome. 
Oh, it's amazing. It's, it's oh, no, no, no. Amazing. We love to make fun of Kiss. Yeah, but yeah. We, you know, we, so, we do appreciate it. And that Kiss Alive album influenced so many amazing guitarists that are out there just, just killing it uh, right now, today. So it's like yeah. it's like one of those things, right? Um, it's it's really cool. So, you know, we'll shout out to Kiss. But yeah, I mean, this is not going to be the final. It's ridiculous. So I mean, Gene Simmons, it's well known that Gene Simmons had a huge role in uh, Eddie Van Halen's early career. So, yeah, no, that's true. Van Halen record. That's so true. It, you know, that's that, that if that's saying anything, if that's saying anything. No, um, no, you can't deny their kind of influence on the world of rock and the world of just in no. the world of just like, you know, stadium rock. Right. You know, yeah. like would there be massive bands like Bon Jovi and Journey and the rest of them if it wasn't for like, you know, what Kiss had done with Arena Rock, almost inventing Arena Rock to some extent. So, no, you know, you know, you know, Van, Van, Van Halen, obviously way above and beyond what Kiss ever achieved. I don't know if that's true in oh, terms yeah. of sales, but in terms of like the riffs and yeah, the I don't music, know about sales. Yeah, we'd yeah in terms of out. the riffs and the music and all that, I mean, you you know, I don't think you can necessarily compare them. But, you know, but it's a good point. Like that whole style of music, like this really over the top rock and roll arena rock. I mean, you could argue, you know, Kiss was a big part of that. So anyway. Yeah, they absolutely were. Anyway, anyway that's where well, we're at. What, what, what are we on they, to they, next? They may or may not be going out on December 2nd. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> check them out. Yeah, so Matt. Went to an interesting uh, oh, yeah. guitar show. Yeah, we're going to yeah, kind of yeah. leave. We're going to finish the rest of the show with this because this is a, uh, and maybe get into some gear later. Yeah, but, we'll talk about gear too. Yeah. Uh, okay, so couple, so yeah, so I went with a couple of my bandmates because this is not, you guys will know, the, those of you that listen to the pod, you'll know me that this is not quite my thing, but Corey Wong and his band. And, I don't know how this is not your and thing. And here's I mean, the thing. Corey Wong was playing with Victor Wooten. If you, those of you who don't know who that is, he's one of the most amazing bassists of all time. Um, yeah. Uh, just that he played with Fleck. Hands down. He played with Fleck and the Flecktone. He's played with so many amazing artists. Um, but he, in, in and of himself, is an amazing bassist. And those of you that are into any kind of jazz will know who he is. Um, he's, he's just amazing. So he played the show as well. Kind of, um, he, he, you know, he, he didn't do his own set. He just played along with Corey and Corey's band. So for those of you who don't know Corey Wong, amazing kind of jazz funk, um, guitarist that plays a Strat, of course. And he just has this unbelievably fast picking hand and just playing these funk, you know, you know parts and it's just amazing right so and the band but here's the thing like he is who he is a lot of you that are in the jazz kind of funk world will know that he was in a band called Wolfpack um which is an amazing band it's this is kind of like an offshoot of that band where it has a full horns section they do like a lot of original songs that they wrote um together and it's one of these bands where like every musician in it is just unbelievably good where you can just like i i i'm not like i don't know that much about drumming and bass and stuff but when you listen to these players play it's just unbelievable, like the grooves they're laying down. You know, like this is next level stuff. And the horn section has a full nine person horn section, just that just blows your head wow. off. How, yeah, oh yeah, Dave, it blows your head off how good they they are and the sound that they get. And Corey himself, for those of you who don't well, follow him on YouTube and see what he does on YouTube, I highly recommend go check him out because he he really has a great sense of humor. And he brings a real uh, showmanship and kind of, I don't know, just almost like, it's not, not like stand-up comedy, but like, you know, this kind of, this comedic s- sense about him. Um, 
in the band and they just have a great time together and it, it just shows that they're having so much f- f- no, fun he's, up there. He's, he's, he's an insanely good guitarist. Oh yeah, he, he's even- so good. And, and like I said, like he surrounds himself with the best of the best. And you know, so Vic, Vic, Victor Wooten is just you know an example of that. But the but the but the drummer he had with them, like I said, the horn section. You know, the ba- his bassist is known in bassist circles. I don't, I'm not going to remember the guy's name, but his bassist is known as bassist circles as one of the best around as well. So, so it's really you know it it, it was. I mean, was we, I don't know treat. much about. Yeah. I don't- I don't know much about bassists, and I could name, uh, you know, I could maybe name a couple other, like, you know, bassists of his ilk. But would you call him, like, a bassist, like, virtuoso? Because he doesn't, like, he he's just, like, he is, he, the, 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 I don't, what's the right term? Range? I mean, the things he does on the bass. Okay, yeah, Victor yeah. So Wooten let's is. talk about that for a little bit. So Victor Wooten, the way, the way I discovered Victor Wooten was from a Bella Fleck and the Flecktones. Those of, right. Those of you who know, might know who that is, basically, like, um, you know, I think they would call themselves bluegrass, but I would call it like electrified modern bluegrass. Electrified modern <laughs> bluegrass is a great Just way to phrase like really that. cool yeah. stuff. And Victor Wooten didn't play a regular bass there. He played like this really weird like contraption that had like MIDI yeah, drums yeah. on it and stuff. Yeah, it was just remember that funky. Dave? Yeah, it was yeah. So it was cool. real. We, we saw him because he used to open for Dave Matthews Band a lot, and we would. We I think we saw him a couple times opening for Dave. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we he's, and we we he's yeah. he's just like a musical. He's really is like a musical genius when it comes down to it i mean he oh he's unbelievable yeah he's so creative so so to see and i i was used to seeing him in that kind of context so to come and see him just be a straight up bassist without all like the that stuff was kind of unbelievable and 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 get into the grooves and yeah he did some solos and some flashy stuff but for the most part he was just grooving right and which is just just so much fun right so so it it was awesome you know so there's there's a couple things i want to talk about that were awesome so one thing was that, like I said, he's got a good sense of humor. So he plays the show, just tears the house down. And then he says, okay, everybody, we're going to do a press conference after the show, like in the style of sports. A press in, conference? In the style of sports press conferences. So, you know, the, the roadies come out, they put like one of those backdrops, like you'd see like the, the sports guys, and they put a table. <laughs> this is amazing. You didn't a, tell me about and this. And they put a table this out. Is- for the listeners, this is the first I'm hearing about oh, yeah, this. I, didn't I haven't Dave actually. That, yeah. Matt, Matt and I have texted a little bit about the show, but not. I haven't heard much. So this is the yeah, first. Yeah. Go ahead. So so they put so do tell. So, so get this. So so the whole band goes off stage. The ro- roadies come out and put like the backdrop, like you're at a press conference with the table. Whole band comes out in sweatsuits, like. <laughs> 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 like they finish a, a game and Corey like get, gets up there and he's like, okay, um, yeah, this is the beginning of the of the press conference. We're going to take some uh, questions, but you know, uh, first I just want to say, you know, I think we put a pretty good show. You know, I missed a couple of 16th notes, but you know, I think we worked it out. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets into this whole thing. Um, and then he did, he actually took some questions from the, from the audience and, wow. and, the, and the questions were mainly like, how are you guys the baddest damn band in the world? Right? Like, like, those yeah, were basically right. <laughs> the questions. It was a lot of fun, and yeah, I mean, obviously, plant the questions. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a, it was, it was yeah. so much fun, and um, you can watch. I think it's still up on YouTube. He live, he's live streaming a lot of his shows, and he live streamed this one, and then he had it up on YouTube. If you hurry, I bet it's still up there. Just go and type in Corey Wong live in Boston, House of Blues, and you will see it. Um, 
And it was a great show. The other thing I want to mention about the show was there was an opener that basically was a style of music that had nothing to do with what Corey Wong does. It was this band called Truesdale, which is a trio of women. I think it was like a Nashville. I would call them like country pop. And these mm-hmm. women got up there and they played, they, they did three-part harmony and that would just kill you. And the songwriting was amazing. The harmony parts. And he, he, here's the thing about about um, harmony, because as a singer, I get really tuned into it. Usually when you listen to trio bands, especially when it's all like one gender, they kind of settle into the same interval. And every song almost sounds the same sometimes. You guys know what I'm talking about. Like there's that oh, like yeah. same interval of three-part harmony that comes out in every chorus, right? Th- yep. This is not... These these w- women did not do that. They had some really complex... They switched it up. They, you know, they, they would like modulate. They It, it was... They blew me away live. So they weren't like the Indigo play. Girls, What's is what that? you're saying. They weren't like the they Indigo like the Girls. Indigo. And I, I like the Indigo Girls. I mean, I no, I no, do. they're amazing. They're great. But you, to that point, they're a lot of their harmonies. In, they kind of sound part, the same, obviously, but yeah. they sound the yeah, same. That's right. Yeah. So this is not that. And these girls, I mean, they were so good. I, go check out this band, Truesdale. You know, I was blown away. Like we walked in as they were playing, as they were up there playing. And they have a woman on keys, one on. Oh, shocker! One on there, acoustic. Matt doesn't make it in time for the opener. <laughs> That's right. I don't care. I'm drinking beers. Um, so they had a woman <laughs> on keys, one on just singing, and one playing acoustic. And they had a, a, a bassist and a drummer, and they were just slaying up there. I mean, it was so good. I mean, I highly recommend this band. This is a band you should Speaking, be listening to if this is your kind of thing. Even if it's not, just go check uh, them check out. Check them out. Yeah. Truesdale. Truesdale. Yeah, I'm going to check yeah. them out. Speaking of up there, uh, you uh, you had an interesting uh, logistical change oh, yeah, let's for talk about uh, this. Uh, House of Blues show. <laughs> so I went with some members of my band who are slightly older than me. Um, not that much older, Very but slightly. slightly older than me. And and they said, you know, look, we're going to get these tickets. We don't want to be down there in the standing room only on the floor. It's too much for us. We don't want to deal with that whole scene. And I was like, all right. So in the House of Blues in Boston, which is similar to a lot of House of Blues, there's like these seats on the second balcony like that go way up to like the rafters of the place. And I'm like, oh, geez, we're going to be up there. I'm barely going to be able to see anything. It's going to be terrible. But we get there and it turned out one of my bandmates actually got seats in like these kind of in the balcony. They're almost like, I don't know, I guess kind of like boxes. And you walk yeah, and you yeah. walk up to the balcony and then you walk down and you're kind of over overhanging like a true uh, balcony o- over the crowd, over the crowd on the floor. And they had like these swivel seats, Dave, like almost like bar uh, swivel seats with backs. And you could see everything. You had a great perspective. The speakers are right in front of you, you know, that are hanging out. Wow, so the sound okay. was great. You could get up and get would a drink. Would you sit up there for another show? I, I'll tell you what, Dave, I, I would do it again because you didn't have to fight the crowd to get um, to get a drink and come back. You go to the bathroom, no problem. Like it was, it was really awesome. And you know, I, I will say though, you didn't get like the f- feel that you get when you're down there in the in the pit. Right. You know, like I just talked like, about. We're not G&R. seeing Slash. We're not going to see Slash up there. Yeah, 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 we'll- yeah, yeah, yeah. Like your favorite bands, like 
you know, for me, I want to be down there and I want to feel the air kind of come over me and be there with the crowd. You know, to me, I love that as a concert experience. But if maybe you're not in the mood for that one night or something like this was, I was blown because I had been, I've been, I don't know, Dave, I don't know if I would say hundreds of shows, but dozens of shows at the House of Blues over the years. And I've never even been up to any of the balconies. Neither have I, because we, we have, we have definitely from the floor looked up there and, and had this conversation where, we feel like, are we really going to get that experience that we're so, you know, seek that we're, we're desperately seeking is that, that just being enveloped with the sound and the crowd and the experience and enjoying the show from that perspective, yeah. because sometimes when you go to a show, like a big amphitheater or a stadium, you just don't feel like you're part of the show. You feel like you're watching it on TV and you get this feeling like I could just be watching this on YouTube and pop it on my TV and get the same get the same experience. Except I can get up and get a beer and go to the bathroom whenever I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And it, so I feel like when I go to a show, I really do want to be there up close. I want to be able to feel it, see it, smell it. And Agreed. I feel like looking up at that balcony. I never thought that you would say that after having sat up there. I, 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 so I'm it, it was very cool. Like you didn't, your legs didn't get tired. Look, we're getting old. We're guitar dads. Your legs didn't get tired. <laughs> you know, you didn't get bumped around by idiots. It, it was pretty, it was pretty cool. I got it. Did you sit down? You sat yeah, cause down I had a perfect view of the, of the, I had a perfect view of the thing. You know, we got up and did wow. some standing ovations, but there was no need. I, there was no need to stand up. You had a perfect view just sitting down. I gotta say, I gotta say you could sell me on this depending on the act. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, it, it was awesome. Like I said, Slash, those kinds of bands, no way. I'm going downstairs. But I could be convinced if it's a matter of like, you know, you don't have to rush in, you know, where your exactly. seat's going to be. There's something to say about to, to do that at a smallish venue like the House of Blues and see a, a band like that was pretty awesome. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. So anyway. Right, so well, that's that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let, let's t- let's touch on gear a little bit on the Corey Wong. We can talk about it a little, maybe a little bit more on the Patreon. Yeah. Let's uh, let's let, let maybe we'll hit on that in the ba- a little bit more on the Patreon. Talk episode. a little bit more about the but gear. Yeah, I mean, let's he quickly played, talk about he it. plays yeah. strats. That's the bottom line. But there was a couple little. Nuggets. But they're smaller. They're smaller, right? Than his, than the average strat oh, body. Oh, really? I don't know about. that. I believe they is are. Yeah, they're slightly smaller. Like yeah, his, the scale is a little bit smaller. Strat is. Yeah, I didn't know that. Okay, they are. so yeah, we're gonna get into that. Maybe we're gonna take a deep dive into Corey's gear well, on the Patreon. I think it's a good topic. All right, let's Patreon. do that. Um, but yeah, that's a great first Patreon. <laughs> yes, episode. it is. There you go. Um, so, but we, let's let's touch on some gear, other gear, Dave, because the listeners like the gear. Yeah, listeners, you guys love the gear. We love the gear, of course. I mean, uh, so obviously it hit the news uh, that recently that um, you know, to no surprise, to nobody's surprise, uh, Marshall has re-released has. Reissued, I should say, uh, four pedals that were in the lineup back in when? When? When did the Blues Breaker and those come out? 80s, was it seventies? Eighties? No, 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 no. None of the pedals. The pedals. They didn't come out in the seventies. Oh no, you're right. The they, pedals like came out in the eighties, nineties. Oh, was it nineties? Late. Oh, was it nineties? Okay, so the pedals yeah. were nineties, but it was it was after the Blues Breaker. But they were based thing, on the like yeah. They the were 70s. based on the Blues yeah. Breaker, and they, they yeah they were yeah. Um, so they have re-release, and of course, I don't have everything in front of me. There, the Blues Breaker, the eh, what are the other three? You got them in front of you there. No, typical guitar dads uh, show here. For the, unprepared. For, so for those, those of you that don't know about um, the Blues Breaker, let's just talk, let's just go into that for a tiny bit. The Blues Breaker, yeah, well, because that's the that's the most important one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the yeah, one let's everybody talk about knows. The, Blues, and, the yeah. Blues Breaker is the main one that was re-released. The JHS Morning Glory, the Wampler Pantheon, and the biggest pedal 
the King of Tone are all based on yep. this uh, circuit of the Marshall Blues Breaker, re- really off this the pedal transparent circuit. Transparent kind of, yeah, yeah. Really off the pedal circuit, yeah. which is based off of the Blues Breaker amp, which famously was used with John Mayall May and the Blues and the Blues Breakers. Blues Breakers, so, that's the name. Um, yeah. And so that I was actually I was actually wrong. It was late sixties and seventies where they where, the, where they the played. Amps. Yeah, the amps, the amps. Not with not yeah. yeah, yeah not I'm, no, I'm talking about John Mayo and the Blues Breakers when that's yeah yeah yeah, that yeah sound yeah. was kind of made. Oh no, yeah. absolutely yeah. So, no, I meant the pedals. the The original pedal, the the original blues blues breaker pedal came out in what year? Oh geez, I don't know. All right. Anyway, let's let's keep chatting. So, I I guess my question to you as we kind of get towards time on this is. Is this even something that's that exciting? Because so many great pedal makers. 1991. 91. You were right. So is this even exciting to you? Because so many great pedal makers have kind of done this circuit. Yeah. So, so to death. So no, it's not exciting to me anymore. And it's cool that Marshall has come around. They should have came around a long time ago. Is it too late? We talked about this on the Facebook group. It's too little, too late. I can't see everybody getting super excited about this. Now, now if you have an original one from the 90s, you know, I just I That's just pulled them up story. here. They're going for like 800 bucks to 900 bucks. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, so so I can see like maybe someone's like, "Oh, this is a reissue." I mean, maybe it's cool. I don't know. I mean, but I I do think, you know, people have tweaked this circuit so much that it's probably not the same, right? <laughs> like, I, like the Bluesbreaker circuit as we know it probably isn't the same as what Marshall is even reissuing. I think that's a factor I mean, you too, can, right? It's a factor yeah. too. You can, you can, and you could. There are videos on YouTube, and you know, for what it's worth, you can you can go see people do an A B comparison to the the original to the some of the you know some of the clones, um, and you can see people compare the new ones, the new the yep. reissues to the clones. Um, and you know, it, to most people's ears, I'm sure they, they, it relatively sounds the same, but, um, in terms of the, the re the reissue versus the original, but in terms of some of these, I'd like you mentioned the morning glory, the, obviously the king of tone, um, in uh, the king of tone uh, and prince the, of tone, the, the, pantheon. the pantheon, prince yeah. of tone. Those are the yeah. big ones. There's a bunch prince, of others too. Prince, prince of tone, which just found room on my board earlier this week. Anyway. So by the way, we'll talk about that on Patreon. Oh. Um, so the yeah, I just feel like is it even necessary? I don't, you know, I you know me, I'm a I'm a pedal geek. I love all I love pedals. I, I'm obsessed with them, and I'll always get something new and, and exciting. But this is not new and exciting to me because there is better offerings out there to me. I mean, yeah, I mean it's it's two hundred and fifty bucks. You know, I mean, you know, if you're really into this uh, circuit, you probably want to pick one up because, you know, paying 800 bucks for a pedal is a little ridiculous in my opinion. But, um, you know, yeah, I agree. Yeah, but for 250 so for two so for 200 I think if they're still 200 you can get a Pantheon, which Brian Wampler has done a fantastic yeah, job Glory. with. And you get, yeah, and the Morning Glory, both, both yeah, and, Josh and has both done an amazing job with the Morning Glory. And they have done their own little tweaks on that. And I think you get more. For your money for less money than you're going to get in one of these pedals. and both of those pedals the morning glory and the pantheon both have multiple um i don't want to say channels but multiple settings exactly kind of turn them right. into different uh, pedals so yep. you know like i you're don't know what marshall more, is really it's value right yeah. there so anyway yeah i'm not all that excited about this it's kind of cool that marshall is waking up to this fact that people actually like this circuit so i don't know <laughs> I mean, it's really yeah. too little too yeah, late. Yeah, yeah. I think I think year, it is years I, behind. I think Marshall just you know waited way too long on this. So oh well, 
too bad, Marshall. I still love you, though, Marshall. I, I still love. Oh, you. of course, we love we love we the, love Marshall. But anyway, we'll do it. We so, love Marshall. Um, well, as we come up on time on episode one hundred and two, um, we just want to thank all of you loyal listeners and any of you guys listening for the first time. Thanks for checking us out. Please go back and listen to old episodes and keep checking us out each and every single week. We drop on Sunday nights. And uh, come check us out at Guitar Dads Podcast on Instagram. Same thing on Facebook. Come join the group. We're having a lot of fun in there. Uh, and definitely, like I mentioned at the top of the episode, come to Facebook and Instagram to find out more details about the giveaway. It's coming. It's coming. It's a big one. It's coming. It's going to yeah. be a good one. You're not going to want to miss out. And of course, as we mentioned, as Matt mentioned at the top, uh, we now have a Patreon page. So go check us out and support us at uh, patreon.com slash guitar dads podcast two tiers for you if you want to pop in at the three dollar tier and just help support the show we definitely appreciate that we love you guys helps kind of cover the costs and keeping the show going uh, and then a special five dollar tier which gets you extra content bonus content which uh, we're about to move over to right now um so matt anything else you got to say i think that's about it i'm gonna i do want to sh- shout out our inaugural patrons, okay? Yes, so, let's so shut them Glenn out. Glenn Lavender, well, Philip Carter from the 40 Watt Podcast, Jonathan, I'm not going to say this right, Jonathan, Jonathan Jerusik from 11th Hour Devices, and our buddy Ben Caffrey. Those are our inaugural group of Patreons. Um, let's get this group growing, everybody, please. Anything helps. Yeah, thank you, and thank you guys and so thank much. You guys. We, we honestly, yeah. heartfelt thank you guys, because we, we, we love you guys. We couldn't do this without you guys. Um, and we're really, we're really loving, uh, interacting with you guys each and every week. So make sure you leave comments down below, wherever you're listening to us, uh, hit up, hit us up with a review, leave some comments, subscribe, all that stuff. It definitely helps drive everything. So, uh, you know, the drill. cause you're listening to us, you're listening to other podcasts. They tell you the same thing. And, uh, we all as a community appreciate it. Yes. But for now, I think that was this week's Guitar Dad. That's it. Keep rock alive. Catch you on the flip.